Hi, you're listening to Oh Hey Heather, Tell Me a Story. Real stories, real experiences, by real people. I hope you enjoy. So I was just listening to the, just the first part of Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan and started really thinking about really truly how to get some type of harmony in the world so that we don't continually have to worry about who's going to blow up who. And um, I was just thinking, you know, the military industrialized complex, the MIC, will never go away. It is way too productive and profitable. It fuels the biggest global chess war game, chess thing by far, which makes us the bully in, in the globe room. And they will destroy anything that comes in their path or threatens their existence, period. I was even reading this article and it's pretty legit. And there's a few of them in there that I remember. It's like before we all came up with the Epstein's not dead stuff, this was happening all the time. It just wasn't getting in the news. We didn't know no better because we believed the news to be telling us exactly what we needed to know at the time we needed to know because that's what the news does. So anyway, there's an article out there and it's 47 people the Clintons killed or had killed and how they died and what the circumstance was and what the connection to them was. And even if it's all coincidental, for real, like let's just say these 47 people that were connected to them in one way or another died in different circumstances that just not all fit. And you remember actually hearing some did make the news because it was so bizarre. And, uh, Like, they're not, this, this, like, Trump, that, having that Hollywood business billionaire dude get in there and start running the company as if it was a company and started telling everybody, look, and I remember when everybody was hating him and everybody was listening to why they should hate other people and hate people like those people and then hate the other people like that too. The other side was actually watching things like, how freaking genius you told Germany that you were not lift the sanctions to let Russia drive a pipeline in there because you didn't trust it. And in the meantime, why don't you two renegotiate the way you're treating America? Because we got BMWs and Mercedes all over the place, but he don't see no Chevys in Germany. And it's time we start negotiating actual fair trade deals to make everybody win. And I was like, genius. And I remember at that moment, that's what, that was the moment where I was like, we need to really like think about this as a company like the globe is a business okay all you entrepreneurs all you linkedin people you know put your little marketing minds together and think about it like this the globe is your business it's your company like the global business that's what they want anyway they want like one ceo one global whatever one god and all 190 whatever of us have to follow where right now sadly out of the 190, I'm sure America has had their hands in 
probably 180, and every time there is a civil war in another country where they've been divided by religion or race or whatever, and they end up slaughtering like 160,000 poor civilians after they like had their kids kidnapped and then raped and tortured and maimed, and everybody went, oh, like, like zombies happened, and then everybody like woke up and were like, oh, wait, I'm human today. Put my machete down. We all had, we always had a hand in it. For one reason or another, there was somebody there that knew something about somebody, and we had troops too, or something, who knows. And then it's left devastated. And oh, by the way, they have some pretty badass natural resources underneath of them, of like the, the cobalts and the, the diamonds and, and even gold. Like they found gold in Haiti. I mean, it sucks that their president just got assassinated and they're under a civil war and many of them are fleeing and trying to get up through the Mexican border so they can all come here. But um, there's like a lot of cool stuff all over the world. And I feel like that should be Haiti's product. Haiti should be like, yeah, we're like a top gold provider and we all live great and we have our own government because our boss is great and we do all these learning exercises and uh, we're building our own, you know, like Kumbaya company of HR benefits that we can all agree upon. Because let's be real, guys, everything we're fighting about that isn't even true, it's all just pumped, like, gossip. Like, everyone's gossiping and they're like, hey, hey, people listening to my channel. If you see somebody doing this or that, that means they don't like you and they think that you're bad. So hate them, okay? Make sure you hate them. Okay, great. Bye. Here's a commercial. We're going to sell you another pill that has 60,000 side effects because you've developed a cancer because you were using the products we were telling you to use because that's what we celebrities do. Oh, thanks, Neutrogena. You know, side rant on that. I, we were talking last night, me and a couple other ladies that were hilarious about how we're using... We all without knowing it, are using men's aluminum-free deodorant. And it works. It's fine. It's great. We're like living life. I got Arm & Hammer baking soda, whatever. I'm sure there's still chemicals in it because how else do you get it poured into a bar like that? But I'm feeling good about life because everybody knows that the aluminum in deodorant is a likely culprit of breast cancer. And while breast cancer continues to get worse and increase... We also have been rolling out more clinical strength and super endurance and blah, 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 like deodorants to keep slathering on even more because you're working out because you got to, to try and keep in shape. And I'm thinking, why is it still on the shelves? Why do you still have to be in a higher educational knowledge of such news or be willing to pay that extra two dollars a thing because you know you have to get the kind without aluminum but the kind for women don't work so you go back and forth between the least of the worst maybe a dove or you know maybe a secret you know to just say fuck it because you need something that works and at least they're hopefully a little more conscientious of how much aluminum they're putting in that shit madness that's madness that's just that's just i don't know I don't, know how I, I don't know how I feel about how we're all just like, meh, it's fine. I know better. Just skip all that shit on the aisle that we don't need and go find the expensive stuff. It don't work. Meanwhile, on my husband's aisle, I can get a $3 hunk of Arm & Hammer and be just fine and giddy and it works. So there you go, ladies. Tip 101. Um, same with sunblock. If I put sunblock on my face, it burns like fire. 
my lips just feel like needles are in them. And they're telling me that I need at least an SPF 30 or I'm going to get skin cancer and I'm going to get blotches. And I was really getting some nasty blotches, you know? So I'd be like, he, and then finally I wised up and switched to zinc. And it was only after my poor son blew up, like swelled to where I was like, oh my dear Lord, we're in Mexico. I don't know how to help you. What do I do? And it turned out we were able to, you know, just do the Benadryl. He had to stay in the room. And now we've kind of figured it out because it happened again later, not to that severity, because we knew right away he started wearing sun shirts and the hats and, you know, everything. But um, I think we're allergic to that doxysalakalakalakalaka stuff that they put in basically everything. Even the little cute pink bottle with the baby's butt that made you think you were doing a little bit nicer SPF. No, it's got it in it too. So you're actually putting it on your children. And I know, don't feel bad. You didn't know. You didn't know. And meanwhile, skin cancer is a thing. Like, I didn't know it was before, but anyway. It's still there. You still got to flip every bottle over and read the back to make sure it's not the cancer-causing chemicals that you're baking into your skin so that you can protect yourself from skin cancer. It's insanity. So I haven't used it in three years now. And... I'm telling you, man, my skin, it's not, I mean, it's getting better. Everything's faded out. I just use the Norwexy cloth and scrub. I don't even use soap products anymore on it because everything's so sensitive. It's nuts. And after I had my hives, I got real about it. But it's amazing. Like, I do not have hives. Not anymore. I chill out. I find art outlets. I get creative. I use my thinking out loud so that it's not trapped inside of me. And I am continually learning and listening to my body and, you know, doing like the hair test where it tells you what you shouldn't eat, what you should. I still haven't followed it perfectly and look here I am still not where I could be better. But, um, I mean, red onion, anything with garlic. Hello, Italian food. It's just nuts. I get it. I get it gotta get serious isn't it funny how we as humans try to get serious only after we're told we have to be kind of like you're not going to quit smoking until they have tell you 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 basically have to like it's a choice of life and death and you'll then you'll quit <laughs> i mean i don't know i'm guilty but i still like to grab a mcdonald's every now and blue moon then so i just think moderation's key figure out what you like and what you can live without and do that but <clears throat> anyway back to the whole treating your world like a company first thing out of the gate Jordan Peterson's talking about how we're one of the biggest damages we're doing for this so-called climate change theory which I agree is a pollution theory um, it's not that they're wrong it's that it's not correctly labeled identified or explained and fear is not the answer it's finding creative solutions based on the biggest problems. And his right here is quit touching coral reef, natural marine wildlife within 40 miles of beaches. Just don't destroy it. And then he even said, as long as you didn't destroy 15% of it. Like really, you're saying just cut back what we're currently doing 15% and we could change the world and not run out of fish and renew our entire like oceanic system of yin to yang for us like absolutely 
Why wouldn't we do that right now? He said, make them national parks. I'm like, yes. Okay, boom. Got that one. All right, next. You know, he's talking about energy. I believe in fracking. I have been, a, I believe it. I believe the way we're currently fracking is wrong and it's polluting into the systems that are killing people, especially in the areas from where I am from. And I think it's a serious, serious thing that we are like a Haiti in America because they knowingly are doing this to those poor people who are in generational poor of like Jordan Peterson said, that they're just worried about getting to the next month, to that next check, to that next whatever, to think about a future. So, so there's so much despair and drugs and addiction and it's not everyone. I'm, I mean, there's a lot of wonderful people there that are just living their lives and, you know, making it through, but it does have a much higher percentage of that disparity because of the poor conditions to which there is so much more of. I mean, when you drive through West Virginia, it's, it's, uh, I'm sure there's lots of pockets like that in America. I know there are, I've seen them. Heck, go to the Smokies. Um, go to Alabama. But anyway, we know it and we can fix it. And I don't mean hand them out. I don't mean keep cutting them checks. I mean, fix it up, fund it up, get programs that incentivize new businesses, young entrepreneurs, um, mothers returning to the workforce. Like I'm all for setting up a community support system that encourages people to try and be more and gives them more options than drugs, crime, or parenting. Like it would just be life-changing, game-changing. Why can't we say, yes, you are worth it. And, and then getting back to the other on this pollution thing, holy crap. This is, this is where I get so upset of, yeah, America at the high level, the elitist, not us Americans. I think us Americans are all good and we're worth saving. We all are. And there's plenty of room for all of us. So let's just figure that out too. But what if, let me think of how to, how to say it. Okay. Let's take Nigeria, all right? Nigeria, there's a, there's a episode called on rotten on Netflix that talks about water. Our problem is, and this is where it gets sadistic. Imagine a city of 2 million people, like a city of buildings and, you know, taller, like three, four, five levels up kind of buildings and apartments and balconies and things. And you don't have any running water. You have no clean water to drink. There's water stuff, but some of them aren't broken pipes for 20 years. Can you imagine that would, to me, that's like when you read about people living in New York in like 1920, you know, same situation. So get this, they sell them back bottled water. They use half their daily wage, which is nothing so that they can have bottled water and they have bottled water businesses where people are hauling water nonstop because all they think about is water, 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 water. They don't think about nothing else. They can all cause how can you, how can you think about anything else? It is water, water, water. When am I getting my next bottle? How am I getting my next bottle? And what else am I going to do? That's their life. And that just makes my heart break. And what's worse is, do you know where that water is coming from? Those bottled waters and stuff. There's a freaking American 
Nestle-based factory outside of the outskirts of town, cranking out from their water supply, filtrating it, and then putting it into water bottles and selling it back to them. Can you, can you believe that? And I'm like, okay, if this military industrialized complex, which really ends up whittling down to construction workers that are going into war zones and you getting, taking high paychecks for the risk so that they can build and construct and do all the things because we destroy them. Like we blow up a school. They Halliburton and Lockheed Martin or whoever, they're bringing people in and they're paying them top dollar as, I mean, the, the workers should, whatever, you're taking a risk. But they're doing it, it's like they blew it up to build it. And that's what they're doing to like all of our downtowns right now and all of our poor places is they blow it all up, let it all get destroyed, closed down, shut, foreclosed, and then they buy it at like pennies on the dollar. And then they do all these grants with tax money that's our money to pay other people to fix it up so it makes it worth more and then they invest in it. It's freaking maddening. We're all like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. had no idea. Now I have an idea, so now I got to talk about it. So I'm like, well, shit. Now that I know, I can't pretend I didn't. It's stupid, 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 stupid. So I was, I would like to have all of these construction companies, like, make a deal with the MIC. I say, okay, you crooked mother effers, pieces of shit. You can't cut this profit off of you. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's how we're gonna keep your system going and repurpose your entire complex. Because we're not gonna kill people, we're actually gonna make them smarter and better, okay? And eventually, you'll be fine with that because you're gonna have forever contracts going globally to help build whatever they need built. I need you to go to freaking Nigeria and build an entire infrastructure of plumbing so that these people can have freaking water. And I'm going to tell Nestle that they're fucking paying for it. And you know why they're paying for it? Because they have been raking in millions off of this bullshit. They have destroyed tribes. They now have four lane highways in the middle of a tribe that has to walk across it with buckets of water on their head because it's faster for them to go to their old normal water supply that they used to go to than to walk over to the station Nestle promised them of clean running water, which is like a little water house, because it's all the way across there and like down further. They'd spend more time walking to it than getting it. It's the most rejectful, stupid, 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 stupid. And people are getting, die they're dying. People, like somebody's little girl got hit on the road. Like, oh my gosh. So Nestle, yeah. Guess what, Nestle? You're going to get running, safe, healthy, plumbing water systems through the entire place. And guess what, Jay-Z? You're, you're going to make a rap song about it and quit sending them more plastic. Okay, thanks. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Because guess what? We could all get everybody healthy running water. That should be global business uh, networking. Like, let's have a chamber breakfast. And we all get together. Oh, I'm sorry. That's what they used to call NATO. But we know that's corrupt. That's how do we kill more humans and get away with it? So anyway, they get together and they figure out, <clears throat> oh, crap, Myanmar, you guys, I didn't know you were still dealing with pollutants. Yeah. Why don't we go ahead and figure out a work plan and then we'll, you know, send people there and we'll have this done, blah, 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 blah. I would do it until we could figure out a way to make money doing it. Eventually, it's kind of like you're building up the whole world so that they can build their own but at least they'd still be making their money and then all their workers could still go work. And there's a episode of Zac Efron and I, he's whatever, but it was like the second in when it was still pretty cool. 
where he travels and he goes to where they frack. And I don't remember if it was like Sweden or Switzerland or where, but it's wherever they are. They're doing fracking. But because fracking is just stripping out what they want and dumping out the rest, like the methane and the whatever, there's like three chemicals and they only want the one. So the other two get like dumped back and then it's useless. And if you don't believe me, you can look at the wilds of uh, Zanesville because that's a 10,000 acre uh, zoo that is on a donated strip mine land because the land has no purpose. So they still haul water up to the top of it so they can feed their rhinos and shit. But anyway, they have a way to restore and put it back in. So whatever it is, like they replace the thing they do that then creates carbon and it makes these like log things, which are actually really cool to repurpose into doing other things. So it's like you're actually creating a renewable resource in a way. So I thought that was genius. And I think that they should be the company that teaches the rest of the world how they do it and how it works. And then we'll all promise to do that too. And we'll figure out timelines of how we can all successfully execute the strategic plan. <laughs> See how it's all parallel? Come on, LinkedIn, figure it out. If we all want to fix something, that's how we all got to fix stuff. And we're only going to do it if we quit killing people. And we're not going to quit killing people because the top 1% makes so much more money off of it that they really don't care. And I say we need new CEOs. And we all could be harmonically happy and figure out what we really are and what we really had purpose to be because we can use the souls the way they were intended. And I hope you have a wonderful day. And there you have it, another episode of Oh Hey Heather. I hope it has made you think of a story of your own, or how you could relate to this one, or if anything, just something you could enjoy. Thanks everyone, and have a great one. So, I just learned that the inevitable is happening. Um, my grandma is in her final stages and when you know the state they're in and the age you're in and that it could be inevitable you still live and know they're there and then you hear it's happening and you're like oh my gosh uh and meanwhile like you haven't seen him in a month. And you're still hit with all of this thing. And for me, my grandma, Viv, is my spirit animal. And I say spirit animal because I don't know what else to explain it. And that's like a 90s, 2000s culture key name. I don't know. It is what it is. But it's because... I was a part of her life my entire upbringing and she was my person like I could go and melt with her you know she felt me she saw me she knew me and she would take me to her garden and she would take me to the crypt she would take me to flower bushes and she would show me things and teach me things and 
make me laugh. Oh, God, she made me laugh. She was so funny. But I always said, like, I, I wanted to be her and be like her. And it was so funny because she's had so many other people in her life come in and out. And cousins and family and people that always say, I mean, six-year-old boys want to marry Grandma Viv. <laughs> because of her spirit and her humanity and her openness and her love. Her unconditional love. Her pride. Her giving. And I think as I sit here and try to understand why I'm so goddamn emotional right now. Because the last time I saw her and I was rubbing her back. And I said, Grandma, I want to see you one more time. Now I get to, I get to fly in tomorrow. But she's not comfortable. The uh, good old COVID times had him say that, well, she's 91 and her diabetes is blocking her blood flow. And yes, her feet are turning colors, but we don't have time for that kind of treatment. We are getting our rooms ready for all those people coming. And we've changed our policies on what matters. And I understand. I, I get it. I don't, but I do, but I don't, but I do, but I don't, but I do. And I think the reason why I'm so emotional and so sad is because she is my person. She's always been that person that no matter what bad happened and torture and shame and regret and sadness, she was that person that would just hold my hand and say, I love you, HB. She always called me HB. And I know she always called me that, and I'm saying it in a past tense, but I'm saying it because I understand the inevitable. I understand the transition, and I understand that she's going through something, and that's how I, every time I see her, it's not that I'm trying to talk about it, but I'm just trying to understand it, because she's going through a stage of life that we all fear, and I just want to know, as she's going through it, what's it like? So her and I have talks, and we've held hands, and she's rubbed mine, and I've rubbed hers, and we've talked about life, and things that are moving, and things that are happening, and she's always been so simple with it, and I quote her to this day, I can be leading, I remember speaking to a huge I don't even know how many people, but I was presenting, and I ha- I used her quote because it's so true, and she, because she knew how I felt insecure about people judging me, and we would go to a church, and I remember her leaning in, and she'd whisper in my ear, and she said, you can put a turd in a cookie jar, but it doesn't make it a cookie are and I know I'm being really emotional when I've known she's been 91 and in the home and I can only visit her so many times and now thanks to COVID you gotta wear these masks and 
so I haven't been seeing her in a long time, but when I see her and I'm wearing a fucking mask and she can look at my eyes, she knows it's me. And they have boosted her and they have shut her up and she's had COVID anyway. And she saw me and she knows she's waiting and I'm going to hurry up and get back and try and try to beat the clock just because I want to touch her one more time because I feel that when our hands touch each other's hands, electricity happens. And I just, I just want to understand that and know that and have one more time with her because she really truly is my ancestry of connection that fuels me to be who I'm going to be and who I hope to be and who I wish it to be because of everything meagerly she came from in West Virginia and growing up and always just so simply true the grace of grace and no matter what happened or no matter where I came from or no matter what I did I could count on her loving me and you know I've, I've kept one of her violets I, I took one of her uh, purple African violets and I repotted it about 15 years ago and I still grow them in my windows and I always tell her that and I broke them apart and I even laugh and she laughs and Grim, Brianna has my daughter has the grandma division of that plant and now there's another division of that plant and that we will continually raise her violets and her petunias and her pansies because pansies are the strongest flower that's ever lived and they say that pansies weak but it's not my grandma is one of the strongest people I've ever met in my life. She's never had a driver's assistance. She's never driven a car. And she's been widowed for a really long time. And, you know, she just keeps on shining. And the place she's in now, which is beautiful, that take care of her and love her. Talk about her being the sweetest resident they've ever known in their lives because she's so just truly, genuinely graceful and beautiful. And I wish I could have that space and that time to not be angry and just be happy, but like her. And I, I know when I feel her, I feel happy. And I think the reason why I'm so emotional and why I can't process this when I knew this was in the inevitable and I knew it was going to be any moment and I knew it could be any time. I mean, we've known that for years. You don't know, you don't understand, but she still knows and she knows me and she knows things and I see her and she knows me and I, and we connect and I just, she's just farther away and I think it's the realization that this will be the first time when, when I do lose her inevitably as soon as it's going to happen and I'm going to get there as soon as possible because I don't want her to hurt. I don't want her to be in pain. I want her to be released because I know damn well she's going to be in heaven like an angel because she's an angel. Maybe who knows? Maybe I can convince people to like partner as a saint and call her that one day because that's what she is. But I don't understand what it's going to be like to breathe my breaths without her. She's always been here, no matter what. No matter how many distances or times or travels, or if I got put away or locked up or sent somewhere or 
moved away or went here and there. I knew she was my constant in the storm because we were on this earth together and we had our souls connected and we could do that. And now this will be a time when I have to keep going and I don't, it's going to be, I don't know, I don't know what that will feel like when that presence is absolutely gone. But is it gone? No, it's going to live within us all. But I'm just saying it's not going to be right here right now. So it is a transition. She's freaking amazing. Gosh, she's amazing. I hope I can be as peacefully graceful and joyful and happy as her one day. I'm trying, Grandma. I'm trying. Thank you for listening.